With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. Well, it's time for us once again to go in front of mental health with Dr. Jonathan Katz. Of course, Noah Rubin joining us from Long Island. You haven't uh, hopped into the bubble yet, have you, Noah? I have not. I will be attending this bubble Wednesday morning. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. Um, Dr. Katz, um, so, so you know, I've, I've actually been um, talking to a friend who's down in the NBA bubble over the last couple of days and just kind of trying to acclimate myself with the idea of, of this bubble, the idea of quarantine, something that Noah's going to, to have to deal with. Um, you know, here in the U.S., we didn't actually deal with that quarantine scenario necessarily that they did in so many other countries around the world. Um, but you're, just your thoughts on, on kind of staying uh, in the moment, if you will, when you're in the quarantine and it feels like you're in there for a week when you're only in there for 24, 36 hours. So I think one of the, the main concept is the whole concept of, you know, ex expecting the unexpected um, and um, being prepared. You know, I know on previous podcasts, we talked about the importance, not only on the tennis court, but in just in life in general, about trying to be nimble and flexible, flexible and creative. And uh, when you face new difficult situations. Um, so I think that's what the bubble is will be like um, it's not something that you guys have experienced before uh, and most people haven't so I often talk to people when they get into situations that are new and different is really to how to manage the potential downside risk or mm. difficulties that could come up um, because the worst that happens is you prepare for some of these things and they don't happen and then it's a little like life insurance you glad you have it but you hope not to use it so um, I think that's really the key is talking a little bit about the potential downsides and being um, ready to kind of manage some of those kinds of situations that evolve. Talking to a lot of my friends, competitors, whatever you want to call them on any, on any given day. But, uh, you know, it's 
I think at times it's been a struggle that, you know, we're excited to have for some maybe one opportunity to kind of get inside a bubble and, and play. But at the same time, thinking about all the possibilities can sometimes lead to, I don't want to use the word, you know, depression, but, you know, this mild depression in a way where you're not excited about the situation anymore. So how do you prepare and get ready for something that could be very tough, but at the same time, you know, getting the excitement there? Well, uh, I think a couple things. Again, I, I think part of this is all of that range of human emotion is pretty natural and normal. So I think part of it is just to kind of normalize the kind of the, the full range of emotion. One of the things that I will say is on the kind of the more excitement level, one of the things, and this actually I think could apply to both of you because Mike, you haven't actually broadcasted um, a tennis match in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and no, you haven't actually played in a competitive match, I think since March. Uh, I experienced this many years ago when I was a serious marathon and ultra marathon runner and hadn't run a marathon in a long time. You could do a lot of mental preparation. You could do all your physical preparation. The one thing I would be mindful of is actually when you finally get out there is the role of adrenaline. I think we often Mm. underestimate that. And so I think when you finally start playing and doing something, this might even be the case of broadcasting, you need to be mindful of your pacing uh, and to really uh, act kind of really think through kind of going at a slower pace. What might feel slower when you get out there actually is probably a normal pace because there's such a level of excitement and enthusiasm and pent up energy that very often you might get out there and think like you're ready and you're in good shape, but you might start overhitting balls or just kind of being overrunning balls and even mike for you it could be like the excitement of doing that i also um, will be overrunning balls it'll be completely weird you're talking a mile a minute or whatever (laughs) the equivalent would be for an announcer so i would be very mindful of the role of adrenaline when you finally kind of get out there and and start doing your thing yeah mike definitely knows a a thing or two about pent-up energy but um yeah i think you know for you, what has been successful for the people you have worked for in situations like this? Is it meditation? Is it visualization? Is it all of that? Is it trying to recreate as many emotions as possible before the actual event takes place? Uh, yeah, listen, I think you want to stick to kind of your preparation as you normally do it, but mm. then also think what is what could happen that you're not used to. And, and I think the concept of mental endurance comes into here. Uh, a lot because it's possible that there could be moments that you have kind of emotional reactions that might be more significant and severe than you've had before. All of a sudden now you're playing in a, in a match and like two sets in, you're, you're feeling like you have no legs. Um, or Mike, you could be in, a, in the midst of a 10-hour announcing day and it's like you look at your watch and you go, I have five more hours to go, how am I going to make it? And I think at those points, it just from a mental endurance point of view, you need to be ready to break down uh, and only put on your plate, have like a growth mindset, put on your plate, just break it down to very small aspects. If Noah, you're in that situation, it's like, let me just focus on playing the next game and may, having some good points. And slowly that kind of discomfort might, might leave and you get your second win, both physically and mentally. Yeah, I'm curious for Mike, actually, and I don't always get to ask him questions, but mm. somebody that's part of this world, but obviously not playing in it because he's not in playing shape yet. 
what are you most fearful for right now? What are your kind of apprehensions for going into these next couple of weeks? Did you just call me fat for the second straight podcast? I think no, you no, just no, called no. me the, fat for the second straight podcast. No, it's the endurance level is just not quite there. You could take that for what it is. Wow. I, I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Um, yeah, for me, I, honestly, I am approaching this opportunity here and I'm going to go in a week. I'm approaching it with gratitude. Um, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I've I haven't had an opportunity to work. I haven't had an opportunity to be around adults, uh, friends. Um, I'm I'm completely grateful and appreciative of the opportunity in front of me. To answer your question, though, more directly. I am I am incredibly nervous about about how I'm going to, um, on top of the fact that this is um, you know a, a, something I haven't done in five or six months. This is also radio for the most part for me, as opposed to TV and radio broadcasting for tennis is a much more complex situation uh, in terms of you know getting the back and forth. I, I don't. I'm trying not to overthink it. I'm just trying to uh, just, again, go into it with the mindset of appreciating the opportunity, you know, just like you, to compete, if you will. The opportunity to be there at a Grand Slam, uh, potentially work my first ever, you know, Grand Slam final on the second weekend. I I can't look at it any other way in this moment because I'm so appreciative of the opportunity. One more question for you before yeah. we kind of get back to how Dr. Katz is going to help you through these moments because you need it. Um, <laughs> do you feel almost more of a responsibility during this time because no fans can actually yes. come on site? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, I, I think we are going to, especially on the radio side, um, you know, broadcasters in, in general often not only feed off of players, we often feed off of the crowd, the emotion. You have to raise your voice when the crowd raises theirs. Um, that is going to be up to us to provide the excitement, especially in the, in the medium uh, of radio where, you know, there, it's, it's all audio. So, yeah, there, there is that added a bit of pressure there. Um, and most people who are listening to this podcast know me as somebody who is rather quiet, if you will, monotone at the challenger level because of the fact I have to whisper we're so close to you most of the time. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, 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 you know, aside from the ball-by-ball, ball, uh, you know, forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, that, that aspect <laughs> is tricky. Uh, but ma- matching the emotions of, of what's at stake, um, what's happening in front of me, I, that part I'm actually really looking forward to. No, well, I'm- one comment just on that is that I, I think gratitude is a, is a great concept here, Mike, because I think what actually gratitude does for all of us, and this is very uh, appropriate for when you get back on the mic, is that it tends to, when you have gratitude, it tends to magnify uh, kind of more positive emotions. Mm-hmm. So there's a tendency just to think more positively and it helps to block the negative emotions. And I think the more grateful you are going into this, it also uh, actually helps you recover more quickly from stress and adversity so that even if you find yourself kind of miscalling something or whatever, if you're constantly in that grateful mindset, it will help you move on in a productive way and focus on the positive aspects of what you're doing as opposed to lamenting about maybe a, a miscall or you know mispronouncing a player's name sure. or, or something of that sort. 
You would never mispronounce a player's name. That would I, never take place. I mean, it's it's happened once or <laughs> twice, but you know, it's there. There are some names. That, uh, what was that? Um, uh, Pezotich. I still can't do that one. Uh, yeah. The the guy who was at Harvard. You remember that guy? Oh, uh, Matija Pekatich. Pezotich. <laughs> you. I mean, you mispronounce names left and right. Me? Yes. Oh, not a care in the world. Absolutely yeah, not a really care. You really don't yeah. care about it at all. I mean, if they're going to say Advantage <laughs> Robin when I have five letters in my name, I don't care about yours. I mean, that's just because of the angle of the sun reflecting off of their, their screen. I mean, you gotta you have to just be more accepting of others, Noah, I, I think is what I think. Ooh, is. We're not into that session yet with Dr. <laughs> Katz yet. That's that's round seven. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Katz, you know, I, as I mentioned, I'm I'm trying to look at it as, as much as I can, just the uh, appreciation and gratitude. We've seen players on social media who have – uh, gone into this uh, quarantine situation of being in a hotel room uh, for 36, 48 hours, actually, you know, just really negative about the situation. Just, oh, I have to go into quarantine for 36, 48 hours. And, you know, we, we're seeing it, of course, with, with COVID in so many different levels. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing right now. We have so much anger, uh, um, jealousy, uh, resentment right now. It, it feels like it's uh, almost universal at this point. Well, listen, what I would say is that most people are not posting the it's fine, it's okay, right? That doesn't <laughs> really make headlines. That's so we true. have a little of this Instagram-like world where people, right again, post their, you know, sunset walk or their most beautiful food they cooked. Again, they're not posting the burnt chicken right. uh, or the I haven't changed my sweatpants in five days. So I think what happens is that there's a, a skewed view or an overemphasis on some of the complaining or bitching and moaning that you might hear. And I think when, listen, I think that that could be irritating for, for many of us. And what I would just do is, listen, there are always going to be people who are going to find the shortcomings, the faults, and not have, like you said, the gratitude for like this opportunity mm -hmm. and uh, kind of being cloistered in a hotel room for a couple of days. Um, you know, most of the world would love that periodically, yes. right? So I think you make the best of it. Um, you stay connected to people. You fill in the time watching things, working, talking with people. And uh, it's probably not going to be that stressful. I got to be honest. I'm just really actually excited because of the fact there is a, there's a pokey stop uh, directly, it's actually a pokey gym right outside of my hotel. Uh, and so like from my room, I can just, you know, battle at the pokey gym all the time. Like I never get to do that. I, I know Noah is super excited for me too. No, I'm disappointed to be with your friend. <laughs> Go on. You had a question. <laughs> I love how we're in front of mental health and we just absolutely bash each other. Out of love, out of love. Um, this Actually, could be a career breaker for me. You yeah. understand that guy. Like, I'm putting yeah. this all on the line. The, the, the credentials just go down yeah, the boy. toilet. Um, when I they actually, start asking me whether I have a, a mail-in uh, PhD, uh, then I'll, I'll get worried. Well, maybe the Postal Service will be able to deliver that to you no, at some that's point. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I think it's actually a, a really important time to talk about an excitement that I'm dealing with, something that I'm so excited for. I almost can't contain myself. Mike, you know very well, you've, you know, we've been close enough for enough years at this point, and Dr. Cass has gotten to know me, the pressure, anxiety that mm. comes with the two weeks of the U.S. Open. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I, I can almost give you the mic and just talk about how you've seen me at the Open. Yeah, last year I've, was eye-opening for me. 
yes. to see that. Uh, you know, how I've dealt with some of the situations. And honestly, it has gotten better every year, which is disappointing to say that, you know, last year was eye-opening because it just shows that how difficult of a situation has been. But I, being a New Yorker, having my third grade teacher asking for tickets and my wonderful but divorced parents at the matches and everything else that takes place, it is a very tough week for me. I mean, going back and forth. I'm going to just yes. interrupt and, and kind of phrase Please. it for you, Dr. Katz. How does he turn that negative anticipation uh, for the U.S. Open, let's say next year even, how does he turn that negative anticipation of all of the externals into a a reframing towards a, a positive... You didn't um, even let me finish. <laughs> I'm trying. I was about to go into and talk about how excited I am to play this U.S. Open basically alone for the first time. I, and, I know, and- but I, I want you to think about it for next year, how you've, how you've you know, turned those negatives into a positive for next year when you, you're just into the main draw on your own and you have to deal with all those you know, potential negatives. I think probably we need to get through this year. I, I mean, listen, no, I think what you're saying is um, – you know, I think there's well aspects of this that will actually be less stressful and easier. You won't have mm-hmm. tickets for people. You won't have the whole parental thing. All these kinds of things will simplify it. Yes. What will, on the flip side, what will probably make it a little more anxiety provoking or a little more ramped up is that you haven't played a match for so long. Uh, and also, you know, subtly, and we've talked about this, you don't know. It's not like, oh, I get to play the U.S. Open and then I'm playing these eight other tournaments. You don't even know what's going to happen after that. So the danger here for you from a performance point of view is like the mindset of like, oh, man, this is my one shot. I better make do and kind of building up all the expectations. So I think on some level, you when those thoughts come, which they're perfectly normal, you need to try to kind of nip them in the bud. And you just really need to focus on what is it that you need to do on the court each moment. And this is going to take a lot of mental self-control. Uh, to really stay in the moment on the court. I know you play doubles. You're guaranteed of that. Um, that may be a little more challenging if your 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 partner is not playing well, and then the hope and then that kind of impedes your progress. So hopefully you'll get to play singles. But I think it's just really this is you know we always say process versus outcome. Of course, is a huge thing in athletic performance. But this is really going to test your ability to really try to stay in the moment. And it will take more work to do that during the course of the match because the tendency will be for your mind to move ahead because of the major importance that you're putting on this tournament. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that specifically, Dr. Katz, because of the fact that it is doubles. Um, you know, Noah's playing with uh, Ernesto Escobedo, a guy who does not play a lot of doubles either. You know, just how how the two of them need to work together in, in a moment where it is, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. It, you know, they're going to be underdogs, uh, you know, really nothing to lose in that aspect, but they, they don't play together. They don't play a lot of doubles. How do you, you know, again, reframe that towards a positive? Well, I would say this is the conversation that I think Noah and Ernesto need to have. The commitment has to be, Hey, we don't know what's going to happen, but we got to be both committed to trying to make this work as best we can. That I don't know if I'm going to be playing well. I don't know if you're going to be playing well, both well. That's the ideal if we're both playing horribly. But we can't make this personal. We have to have this performance. So whatever's going on there, we both have to be committed to trying to figure out a way to kind of have move this in our direction. That's a particularly important conversation to have beforehand uh, in anticipation of problems happening. If things are going well, you want to just reinforce the, the good vibe, uh, the good mojo that you have going. 
But I think you really want to have that conversation beforehand. Hey, we really need to discuss the more stressful aspects if things are not going our way and that we really need to communicate and be very on point, not personal about how to get this better uh, during mid-match. I just wanted to talk about how I was excited to play the open <laughs> without any fans. And Mike's like, you suck. What's happening no, next year? Not at all. I just, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's such a, you know, I, 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 it's going to be such a weird experience. Um, you know, you've played in it. I've uh, broadcast at, at it, if you will. And I, I'm, I'm unsure what to expect. Um, I, I don't know how to react when I'm going to be able to walk through you know, the, the grounds completely unimpeded. Um, right. at, at that Not aspect. getting shoulder bumped by the right. but Mike, New but, Yorker. But Mike, let me ask you, yeah. um, you know, you've done many a challenger where sure. there's not that many people around. So I would have the mindset of like, yeah, I know it's the U S open. Um, but it is another tennis match of which you've often done those in solitude. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so I actually think you're actually quite equipped. I mean, Noah is as well and playing challengers in front of three people. So I know it's the U S open, but if you start making this another tennis match in front of very few people, that might help kind of, uh, c- you know, control some of the outside thoughts. Yeah. That aspect, actually, I'm not the, uh, uh, the first time I did a Grand Slam match at the Australian Open a few years ago, a, a good friend of mine, Courtney Nguyen, uh, said to me right beforehand as I was asking for some advice on the player, she said, listen, once the ball struck, tennis is tennis, and you know tennis. Right. I think for me what's going to be different is, is literally like, okay, I'm done with my day. Like, you know, normally I go get a honey deuce and go watch a little bit of tennis and, and relax, right. and, and now it's, you know, but it's all, like, cramped and, you know, I'm, like, fighting everybody, and now it's just going to be like, okay, do I go play some soccer pool or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> they have on the ground, and it's just like, what, what, this is so, my, you know. My, my anticipation will be that you will be so appreciative yes. of what will happen, and here's another thing what I think is going to be very important for both of you, kind of in different ways, but similarly. You might feel far more exhausted than you ever imagined. Mm. Here's why. Two things. I don't, I think people underestimate the anticipatory uh, excitement and anxiety and how much energy that takes. At the end of the day, you might be, I am whipped beyond belief. Now, no, you might feel that it's like, hey, I'm never tired in the middle of the second set. And you may have to manage that kind of drop. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike, you may look at your watch and go, oh my God, I got five more hours right. to go. Now you right. have the advantage of getting a coffee and a candy bar or, you know, a power bar to kind of help you. Did you just call me day. fat? I did not call you fat. I was just talking about <laughs> hydration did. and nutrition. I hydration did. and nutrition. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I listen. So I think that that's going to be a huge thing. I, here's two parts. Sleep may be hard because there'll be excitement. Yeah. But I also think, and I would bet that, especially Mike, after a first full day, you may be exhausted. And both of you just may really be tired because of the anticipatory kind of excitement and anxiety and the energy that takes up that we often minimize or are not aware of. Yeah. I mean, it is funny you brought up that other point because obviously I've we've made jokes the whole time of about, you know, playing in challengers with four people watching and a cat on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, the mentality switches. You're on the grounds of the open. I don't have anybody with me. Ernesto may have one person, maybe a USDA guy, and then whoever we're playing against. It could be four people watching for a doubles match with the idea of, a, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand $40,000 on the line. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. I think, you know, everything we keep saying is, you know, we don't know how our bodies react. We don't know how our mind will react. And, and we just kind of have to enjoy the process. And... For me, 
I think is, you know, is the biggest, you know, and, and Mike knows as well is just slow down a little bit. Everything yeah, and make your worse. world very small. I, I agree with you, Noah. I do think, as, as, as Mike said, once you start playing, it will help. But in the beginning, especially, but there may be moments in the middle of the match when you're feeling a little overwhelmed or like you say, oh my God, I'm in the middle of the US Open. That's when I would really try to have those strategies and techniques to take stuff off your plate. Like if I said to you, if I could tap you on the shoulder and just say at that moment, hey, no, all you have to think about is just trying to play a good game. Hit it, right. make a good point, you know, play a solid point. Like that becomes very manageable and doable. And I think in moments where you feel a little overwhelmed by the situation, um, not that you haven't played there before, but just because it's the first tournament and you don't know when the next are, make, put the blinders on, make your world very small, put on your plate just a very little bit and something that's very manageable, achievable. Uh, and that way, all of a sudden, as you start playing that out, kind of things slow down and settle down for your mind and your body. I'm really good at keeping it simple, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a good one. I have, um, Dr. Katz, as, as we wrap up here, I have probably the most important question of this entire podcast for you. Uh, can I just leave now? now? now will, will you be the judge <laughs> of that, or will Noah and I be the judge of that? I need to know that first. Should I, Mike Cation, should I attend okay. oh, okay. Noah Rubin's match? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you wouldn't. I'm not sure why you wouldn't. Oh wow! Your buddies, your friends. I mean, listen. Unless no, I'm being all serious here. Unless Noah said, "Please don't," for his own personal reasons, yeah. which would be understandable given the relationship yes. Yes. and the rocky ground. No, but yes. I would say, listen. You're a friend. You're you're you, you know you're tight. You kind of are kind of a could be a calming force just to look over to. I also, you have a chance to see Noah play. It's, yeah. it's, it hasn't been a long time. So, again, from just an outsider's perspective, I thought that that would be nice unless Noah said, you know, I, I don't want to have anybody that I know there just for his own personal reasons. But I mean, I think it really just comes down to uh, what that thing on your head does in the next week. Yeah, because yeah, that could be distracting, right, Noah? That could I mean, be problematic. The aerodynamics yeah. right now seem. And here's the thing, Mike. It depends where you're sitting because that might affect the wind currents. True. And Noah's going to have to readjust, True. you know, how he's ball placement and things like that, which is not something you want to have to kind of inject into a very important match for him. Yeah. I just which don't he know then could blame if he loses. <laughs> right. He could then blame Ooh. you for. Depressurization. Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 No, here's what I want to know, Mike. <laughs> this, is, this is the more important question. Uh, I think you have a major choice to make. Yeah. If, in fact, you, um, this is more likely if Noah gets into the singles, you broadcast one of his matches, mm. I think you have a, a major choice in my mind. The choice between being the consummate professional and just broadcasting that, or using that opportunity to relentlessly bust Noah's balls and create major entertainment value for this podcast for months on end. God, that to me is a tough choice. No, that's Some a people great would question. say it's a dilemma. Some people would say it's a conundrum. Are you doing this for the entertainment value or are you going to be the professional? That to me is ultimately the hardest question. I, I'll put it to, to you this way. And I think Noah will vouch for this because he complains all the time that his friends and family think I hate him uh, when I commentate his his challenger matches. I would I would say... And, and I know I think you would agree with this, that I, I do those things typically in your doubles matches 
and also maybe first and second round of singles. But once it gets to the the farther rounds, once you get quarterfinals, etc., I don't bust his balls. So I think I would I would treat this uh, the same way. I would I would use it as an opportunity, and this is something I I take pride in when I do get to do the Grand Slams. Um, I think it's an opportunity for me, as as Noah always says, everyone has a story, right? With behind the racket, and and I take. I take pride in telling the story of the challenger players who I do get to know when they have that moment in the sun at the slam. Um, and that's something I, I treat as a, a true honor. So I think I would treat it like that, which would go against everything in my heart. But it's uh, it, it, Dr. Kaz, it is hysterical. I have literally people coming up to me from around the world. Hey, like I know you guys work together, but does he hate you? It's like, does he? Well, you you should let them know that you know the three of us in our couples therapy sessions have been working on this, and I, I think that there's kind of more love and and gratitude and respect that's developed in the relationship. But both of you would agree that there's a lot of work still to be done. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we'll just <laughs> mostly try to on move Noah's forward end. each time. <laughs> we'll see where this path takes us, Doctor Katz. Uh, thank you. Uh, in enjoy Noah's uh, run at the Open. Um, as, as best you can from afar and, um, yeah, best to you and your family. Thank you very much. Look forward to it and look forward to being back with you guys in a few weeks down the road. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at Noah Rubin 33 at Mike C tennis and at behind the racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you behind the racket.